Zipper rolls out to the right, pitches off to Taylor, and Taylor's to the 20. Down to the 15, down to the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Billy Taylor scored a touchdown from 21 yards out. The crowd goes berserk. It was November 22nd, 1969 that they came to Barry, Michigan, all dressed in maize and blue. The words were said, the prayers were read, and everybody cried. But when they closed the coffin, there was someone else inside. Oh, they came to Barry, Michigan, but Michigan wasn't dead. And when the game was over, it was someone else instead. Eleven Michigan Wolverines put on the gloves of gray, and as the organ played the victors, they laid Woody Hayes away. Under center is Wangler at the 45. He goes back. He's looking for a receiver. He throws downfield to Carter. Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. On this week's Visitor's Edition, my guest is Steve Politi from the Newark Star-Ledger. I like Steve, he's a great writer, and we've had him on several years leading up to the Rutgers game, and he had a good message for all of us too. He said, it's been a bad week for Michigan fans, he gets it, but cheer up, at least you're not a Rutgers fan. Before he joins us, my view from Section 17. It has been a tough week, we all know that. Even I'm sick of reading and hearing about how the end is near for Jim Harbaugh, how we have no leadership in the locker room, how we laid down and quit after we got down in the Wisconsin game, etc., etc., etc. Even former players, many of whom I respect, have jumped on that bandwagon. Now, we've had all week to dwell on what we all agree was a pitiful performance. Thankfully, the team did not have that luxury. They had to get back to work on Monday. Do things need fixing? Yes, they do. Can we turn things around? Well, we're going to find out. So I'm ready to see what happens this Saturday and how we respond. My guest today is a Rutgers alum and has covered them for many years. And he's blunt about the condition of the program. He says it is just a flat-out bad football team. And the fan base, the ones that are left, have checked out. Steve Politi was voted National Sports Columnist of the Year last year by his peers in the Associated Press. He writes for the Newark Star-Ledger. He's up next here on The Michigan Man in partnership with our friends at Maze & Brew. with us again this year on our visitors segment to uh, talk about this Saturday's game at the Big House with Rutgers, Steve Politi from the Newark Star-Ledger. 
Great to have you back, Steve. Thanks, Mike. Glad to be here. Well, the Scarlet Knights started this season with a win against UMass, and then they, they got walloped by uh, Iowa and Boston College. And I, I'm sure a lot of Rutgers fans are probably saying, oh boy, uh, here we go again. It looks like a long season. Yeah, that is the general sentiment. Yeah, and I think, uh, <laughs> you know, there, there's a lot of pressure on uh, head coach Chris Ash to, to turn the corner in his fourth year, and people you know, even though UMass is bad, at least, you know, they saw some signs of a competent offense and thought, well, maybe this will be different. The Iowa game certainly reminded everyone of the team's uh, many deficiencies in talent. And then you had a game against Boston College where the talent was even, uh, and it was just, uh, you know, so many things just went wrong for the Scarlet Knights, penalties, uh, you know, that just turnovers, just mistakes. Up in, and they lost, uh, you know, at home in that game and, and really just had a, you know, a funeral f- a f- a feeling around the entire campus uh, that, uh, you know, it might not be 1-11 like last year, but we seem to be barreling toward a 2-10, and 3-9 kind of season. Well, Chris Ash is in his fourth year, came from Ohio State, where the book on Chris was he was a great recruiter, great coach. Uh, you wonder, uh, the fourth year, it is what it is right now. Is he sort of running out of time there? Yeah, I think I think he is, and it's just it's just everything. You know, it, it's it's the overall record eight eight and thirty one. It's it's the double digit losses. I mean, it's it's an offense that you know, and the, the stats are kind of astounding until. You know, Artikowski, the quarterback, threw for 300 yards against Boston College. It, it, you know, there were only nine times, sorry, there were eight times that this team had thrown for under 50 yards under Chris Ash. And if you think about that, just that's three completions. That's just, that's just incredible. Uh, they only scored 16 points. There's, you know, that, that, that is the, I think, 16th straight time that they failed to score 17 or more than 17 points against a Power Five team. I mean, it's just, you know, it, it, and then in recruiting, you know, I. I uh, they're just not doing enough to keep the local kids at home to 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 really ha- have a chance at Rutgers. So there's a lot of things that have been going wrong. I think a, a good season for this team might have shifted the narrative and, and maybe got some momentum going. But uh, yeah, it's it's hard to see how he survives another two ten three nine kind of thing. And he's in such a tough situation, you know. When you look at it, there's so much talent in the state of New Jersey, but it's almost like a a, a catch twenty two. In order to get some of that talent, you have to maybe be better on the field but to be better on the field you need to get some of that talent it is it is a really tall order right yeah but i think people look at it and i see like 16 new jersey players on boston college which is a program that has fewer resources you know maybe a little bit more tradition but not not heaps of loads of more tradition and plays in the acc a conference that you would think uh, compared to the big 10 would be would be less desirable for recruit and, and they seem to do it so it's just it's just one of those deals where it's uh you know you know, I, it, you know, you look at the schedule this year too, and fans. I think fans see in, in the Big Ten that other, other than the top, you know, other than Ohio State and Wisconsin, maybe it was not on Rutgers' schedule. You know, there there are wins that could have been had here this year. So I think people are frustrated that, you know, this team, if it just had progressed the way the program is supposed to in year four, it might be different. So I think that that's that's another thing that. Uh, going through the minds of fans in, in the stands when they watch this team. Well, Steve, let's talk about this edition of the Scarlet Knights, uh, starting with the quarterback situation. I know transfer McLean Carter is out with a concussion right now. Is that correct? That's right, yes. He'll sit out this week again. So we're going to see Art Sitkowski, and he put up some decent numbers against BC last week. Talk about him and just what kind of a quarterback he is, Steve. Yeah, you know, he's your traditional pocket passer and had a very difficult freshman year as a true freshman. You know, it threw 18 interceptions, forced passes in the coverage. You know, I think people were really counting on him to take, take a big step forward in, in year two. Then he lost his job to uh, McLean Carter, transferred from Texas Tech. 
uh, got it back because of the injury. And really, he was the one bright spot for uh, the Scarlet Knights against Boston College. You know, threw for 304 yards, made some passes that we just hadn't seen him make. You know, uh, just smart decisions, right on target. Was you know really this was okay? People could at least see him now. You can look at the way he performed and say, okay, well, maybe Rutgers is, you know, finally uh, in the process of developing a quarterback. You know, obviously, the question is, you know, was that because of a very bad defense in Boston College, or was it? Were there some things there that that just clicked and are going to keep clicking? So I think, you know, going against a, a stout defense like Michigan will be another good test for him. Well, he's got a couple of uh, really good running backs to hand off to. Isaiah Pacheco has 239 yards so far. Raheem Blackshear. 255. Both of these guys are uh, pretty decent backs, aren't they? Absolutely. I think both of them are, are, are potential NFL players. Uh, and that's, you know, that's uh, Pacheco's more of a between the tackles, strong runner, a guy who can break off a big run. I think he can run one off against Michigan last year. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Raheem Blackshear is more of a, you know, he's more of a shifty guy. Uh, he's become their, their most reliable target by far in the passing game. You know, they got him and they want to get him in the space and, and, and see if they could, you know, give, find a way to, 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 you know, find room for him. And if he gets the ball like he did, did against Boston College, he can take off and make a big play. So those are the two weapons, uh, 1A, 1B. But, you know, the, if Rutgers is going to do anything to beat Michigan, it's going to be those two guys. Well, Pacheco is a burner. I remember him last year, and he is really fast. And I've always been impressed by Blackshear. Are the issues more on the offensive line with them? Yes, it, it's been a blocking problem. Uh, you know, they, they, they lost their best offensive player, offensive guard, uh, Jonah Jackson, to, who's now starting for Ohio State. So that tells you how good he was. Uh, so they sort of had to piece together an offensive line. And while they like, you know, they got a couple of young guys up there. Uh, you know, came with Neil, uh, left tackle. They like, they like some of the, the players, but it's just, you know, going against a good defensive line, it's been hard to get blocking, and I think that's uh, uh, been the number one problem. I will say this: they didn't run, they didn't run block well against Boston College, but they sure did uh, pass block. So I think maybe that's a promising sight. Or then again, I think teams now, you know, are just going to stack the box and stop the run and make make the quarterback beat them. Well, four of the top five receivers, I think, were back from last year, and. Blackshear leading the way. He was. The, I know he led the team with 44 receptions last year. He has 22 right now, and then there is quite a drop off, isn't there? Yeah, this is this has been the big problem. And if, if you know, this pre, predates uh, Rutgers joining the Big Ten. But the one thing they always had was they had receivers. They had Kenny Britt. They yeah. had Leonte yeah. Carew. They had they just a you know Muhammad Sanu. They've always been able to find these athletic, talented. Uh, you know, pass catching uh, receivers, and they just they just haven't had that. And 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 the recruits in a while, they have a kid named Bo Melton who they they feel really high about. He's he's been much better this year than in previous two seasons. But he, they're still waiting for him to become that breakout player. You know, overall, they yeah, they, that's just some of the passing games lacked, and I think that has been. You know, it's not, it's not I mean, the, the biggest problem, certainly one of the top five reasons why things have slowed under Chris Ash. And one of the interesting statistics I saw from last year was uh, Bo Melton and Eddie Lewis combined for 54 receptions last year and not one touchdown. Think, how does that happen? Yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. I agree. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just that it goes back to, you know, it's just the, the, there have been struggles in this passing game that have just been unprecedented. This is a team that. You know, had eight passing yards and five interceptions in a game against Maryland last year. It's just been the lows of lows. So, believe me, the stats, if as bad as the stats look, 
it has looked worse in person. <laughs> Here with us on our visitor segment this week is Steve Politi from the uh, Newark Star-Ledger. And Steve, over on the defensive side of the ball, uh, Coach Ash brought in a new defensive coordinator to sort of uh, clean things up, get it back on track. Any signs of hope on that side of the ball? You know, there have been some signs uh, of hope. The problem, this is, and this is the problem that happened against Boston College, I think, I think teams have figured it out that they don't have enough big bodies to rotate in there. Uh, and this defense just gets gassed and worn down late in games. And this is what happened against Boston College. You know, it was a competitive, it was a one-score game. I think they were down by eight points in the fourth quarter. So if you get a stop and you get the ball back, and who knows, maybe that's a different game. But, you know, what Boston College did, an 18-play drive with 15 runs, you know, just jammed it up there, yeah. took took five yards at a time, and, and Rutgers really couldn't do anything about it. It, it, it starts with a weakness along the defensive line. I think that is by far Rutgers' most uh, weakest position. Um, don't, they don't stop the run well, and they don't, they, don't, they don't clog holes. They don't get to the quarterbacks. There's a lot of problems. They get physically manhandled against bigger offensive lines, uh, and, that's, and that's just what's been happening. So, you know, even if Rutgers can cover and they've got some really promising young quarterbacks, mm-hmm. you know, they, it's just it's, any – you see any team in any, at any level, if you, give a, if you give a quarterback a long time to – to pass that they're, they're going to be exposed in the secondary. So that's what's happening. Well, I know Tyshawn Fogg is having a, a nice start to the season, 33 tackles. Um, and as you mentioned, a couple of really nice cornerbacks. Secondary was a strength of the team last year. Who are some of the other names we can look forward to seeing on Saturday uh, at the big house? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Tyshawn Fogg. He, he is, he's really, he's, he's a guy, he's a, he's a big, strong uh, linebacker, one of these recruits that they actually, you know, beat 20 Division One uh, programs to get. I think they, they like him a lot. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> a lot. They have got young, young safeties. You know, they just haven't had anybody who really got to the to the pressure of the passer. And it's just, you know, the defense is what it is. And I don't know. I'm not sure there's a lot of guys who are going to stand out and make Michigan fans go, "Hey, look at that." Well, you know, a lot of Michigan fans are thinking a visit from Rutgers might be just what the doctor ordered uh, after what happened last week. At least on paper, this sure looks like one that could get out of hand, doesn't it, Steve? Yes, I think that's, uh, yeah, and, that, and uh, uh, that's the worst-case scenario, that score <laughs> from, from Wisconsin for Rutgers. I think if there's any opportunity, if they've won that game and there was a little bit of, uh, you know, the, the, the Wolverines had kind of rested on their laurels for a minute, and I have to imagine Jim Harbaugh's got their attention, and that won't be the case. The same thing that happened with Boston College. They are hoping that, you know, Boston College would come in here, but then they got steamrolled by Kansas the week before, so... There was no so there was no chance of that happening. So in addition to you know just ha- having a, a bad time of it, Chris Luck is having some Chris Ash is having some bad luck too. At this point, I, four years in or the fourth year into the Chris uh, Ash era at Rutgers, is the fan base checked out right now, waiting for what's going to happen next? Yeah, I think the, I think that that's definitely a good way of putting it. You know, we had a beautiful uh, you know summer, late summer afternoon here in Piscataway. Uh, against Boston College, which is an old Big East rival, so yeah. you know, the old timers certainly remember playing them and playing them in important, important games over the years. You know, nobody came. It was it was below. We put the estimate around eighteen thousand, maybe seventeen thousand. The students, the students who have been really strong coming to games, didn't come to this one. You know, I think that's going to be uh, that's going to be the rest of the year for this program. And it's it's a shame because it's you know obviously this is the hundred and fiftieth anniversary of the first college football game, and you know and. and Rutgers, Rutgers and Princeton were, were in that game, and it would be should be a reason to celebrate. And there's all sorts of things they're doing. That they had Paul Robinson, Paul Robinson's granddaughter, uh, at the game last week to talk to the team, and they're trying to 
you know, drum up interest. They reenacted the first game, uh, be, you know, mm-hmm. uh, before the opener against UMass. So they're doing all these thing, things to kind of remind the history of the program. But people are just so focused on what's going on now that it's just it's just kind of been a washout. And, uh, you know, there's there's still I think there's still four home games left, so <laughs> a lot more uh, a lot more opportunity for for people to come and uh, the people who do come end up uh, booing early and often, so it's been kind of ugly. <laughs> well, I know it's early in the season as far as Big Ten play is concerned, Steve, um, really just getting underway in the last week or so, but have any teams that you've seen or caught a glimpse of so far surprised you? Uh, yeah, I was, I, was, I was very surprised by the Michigan score. I thought they were going to yeah. win that game, but I was definitely wrong. Wisconsin looks looks very strong. Um, you know, we, we have to see Iowa up close and personal. I think that that is not going to be a walkover for Wisconsin to 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 win that uh, to win that side of the Big Ten. I mean, they looked, you know, certainly really stout against defense. All I have to say, this is funny. Like, I, I do this all the time because I when I, I tend to see these teams play Rutgers. So, like, I, I will go I will go into the NFL draft with with players that I saw play, and I'm like, how did that guy not get picked? You know, like, like he was incredible. Like, like Luke is a great example. Like Luke Falk, who was the Washington State quarterback, he came to Piscataway. And he threw for, I mean, it must have been 68 passes. He must have had 500 <laughs> yards in this game. So he's now the Jets quarterback, and he, he trotted out into the field after after uh, an injury in the Monday night game. And I'm like, hey, look, guys, this this kid can play. I see I see that up there as a personal. Of course, it turns out he can't play. He just played against Rutgers one game that I saw. So anyway, that's a long way of saying that what we tend to see here, Piscataway, is a different version of what – well, it's actually happening yeah. in the Big Ten. But I will tell you, from my viewpoint, Iowa looks pretty good. <laughs> At least to me, it appears it's Ohio State and then everyone else trailing them right now. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that uh, – and, and, you know, I guess it's really no surprise, but I'm also <clears> – <throat> I was I was a little – I was interested, and I thought some of these teams on the bottom might be better, and that might not be the case. Like, I, like the early returns of the way Maryland played, I thought, well, look at – you know, they're, they're – you know, maybe they're going to be better under the new new head coach, but then Temple beats them. You know, mm-hmm. Illinois. I thought maybe this would be the. They seem to be doing better recruiting wise, or at least getting talent wise. That may be a good year for for Levy Smith. But then, you know, I saw they lost to Eastern Michigan. So I don't know. It's uh, at the bottom. It seems like if Ohio State isn't the team that represents. Uh, represents the Big Ten in, in, in the playoffs. Certainly, it would be hard to imagine them getting one. Well, it's just getting underway as far as the Big Ten portion of the schedule uh, is concerned. So it's it's going to be interesting. And Rutgers makes the trip into the Big House Saturday for 12 noon kickoff. Michigan fans looking forward to that. It surely will not heal what happened last week in Madison, but you never know. That's why they play the game. Here with us on our visitors segment uh, has been Steve Flitty from the Newark Star-Ledger. Steve, great to talk to you every year about the upcoming Rutgers game. We enjoy you being so generous with your time and look forward to our next visit. I appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. Quick Hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on The Michigan Man and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. On quick hits, nothing new on the injury front. We have some banged-up players on offense, which we all know. McCaffrey and McCune are out. Shea Patterson is probable. Peoples-Jones and Tariq Black are working through something. 
and Zach Charbonnet is still limited with his injury. Other than those, we have not heard anything else since early in the week. Here are some game day notes. We lead this series four games to one. They won the first meeting on October 4, 2014 at their place, 26-24, as if we could ever forget their kind of of end-of-the-world celebration after that win. We won here last November, 42-7. They were 1-11 last year, 0-9 in the Big Ten. Chris Ash is in his fourth season as head man, and his record is 7-29. They returned six starters on offense, five on D. They beat UMass in the opener, then dropped a road game to Iowa, and at home last week to Boston College. The weatherman says rainy with temps in the low 70s during the game, and we have a chance for some thunder showers probably late morning before the game gets underway, though. I, for one, am ready to tee it up and just get back to some football. Even if some of you don't think so, this is a big bounce-back game for us. How we respond will tell us a lot about this team and our immediate future. That will do it for this week. Have a great Wolverine weekend, everyone. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Think victory, beat Rutgers. Until we meet again, take care, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls, at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at the Michigan Man Podcast at yahoo.com. That's the Michigan Man Podcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!